Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Very excited. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. And right now, our friend, my friend, Mike Rez. Hello, Dags. How are you? Oh, doing powerfully. Awesome. And, uh, That's good to hear. Yes. I have my powerful power aid here. I feel they should uh, give me some money because, you know, the whole power thing, and I'm drinking power aid. They owe you. Have they ever approached you for a Amish baby machine flavored Powerade? No, they should. I like that though. What would be the flavor? I enjoy grape. They have grape right now. So I don't know. What do you think? When you think of this powerful podcast, what flavor comes to mind? Uh, mixed fruit. Mixed fruit. What fruit would you mix in there? Red fruit, blue fruit, purple fruit, and maybe some orange fruit. Are you taking this seriously? I always take it seriously. All right. God bless you. God love you. Power to the flock. Powerful show today. Powerful beer review. We enjoyed two different movies. And we have a powerful song of the day. It's a lot. It's always a lot. It is. It is. And what I want you to do right now, describe sexily, describe your powerful beverage, your beer you're going to drink. Crack that open. Fire up the... AMSR, and let's get this Ooh. party started right. All right. So today, so I bought some some beer, a, a six pack of the Make Your Own, and just so the flock knows, to um, as I'm speaking, I'm recording this real time beer review because we're gonna use it for some marketing for the podcast. So what I chose, there were six different beers. I asked people on Facebook what I should try, and it was kind of a, a mixed bag of what people thought I should try. So I decided uh, because there's kind of a tie, I'm going with the Victory Golden Monkey. Victory Brewery is out of Downington, Pennsylvania or Downingtown. Are you a Downington or Downingtown? I'm up with the towns. All right. Well, there you go. I mean, I'm down with towns. Down with towns, up, uptown, downtown. Uptown girl. <laughs> Powerful Billy Joel. Let's get Billy Joel. I, I was ready to go into a powerful Billy Joel. <laughs> Here's the thing with Billy Joel. When he was right. depressed, his music was cool. When he was happy, you got an uptown girl. That's right. And then he got a wife out of that too. Yeah. I don't think it lasted long though. No, no. I, I think you're right. I think the creative, powerful types that, you know, they got to move on. Right. Now this powerful video you're doing of this beer, you're going to want to see it. You're going to want to follow us on all the social medias. Twitter at Amish B Machine. Do it now. Powerful Mike Rez. Describe that beer. Okay. So um, first, let's talk about the beer because I do some research on the beer. You don't just, you know, this isn't just a half ass review. Wow. It's a full ass review. It's a full ass review. 360 degree 
ass review. Hell yes. It's Golden Monkey. It's a Belgian style triple. Before you ask me, hey, what's a Belgian style triple? I looked that up too. It's the what it means. It's it's the triple amount of malt that you find in a normal standard beer. So that makes it a couple of shades darker than a Pilsner. And if people want to know what a Pilsner is, then think of Miller Lite. That's a Pilsner. So think of a darker than that. So we're actually going to see if that's true. It is three times is what you're saying. Yes, more malt. Triple X malt. Mm-hmm. The alcohol by volume tags, 9.5. So I'm going to be a little buzzed after this. I'm going to need you to turn up the volume. Pump it up. The uh, remember, remember the IBUs? Remember what, that's, what that meant? International British unit. No, it was international bitterness unit. Right. This is a bitterness unit of 25. So this is two units bigger than the one I did last week. That's a big unit. It's a big unit. Uh, it's using Pilsner hops as we are Pilsner malt, as we said, and uh, Tanang hops. So here are the notes. And this is where we get fancy and where all the, the beer nerds can get excited. The nose is loaded with Belgian yeast character of banana and clove. And equally, here comes our favorite word, fruity body, balanced with a light, earthy hop character. Savor notes of orange and spice, followed by a dry finish. So it's almost like what uh, your Powerade flavor I suggested should be. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, mine's got to be all mysterious and sexy and spices and musks. Ooh, musks. Yes. Now, when you mentioned clove, yeah, it reminded me of, do you remember those Dijarm cigarettes, the clove cigarettes? Yeah, you know, I actually knew somebody who used to smoke those. Oh, they were powerful, weren't they? They smelled pretty good. Yes, they are powerful. It was That's 80s in a cigarette right there. Right. But apparently now they're too threatening, so you can't smoke them. No, but you can put them in beer. Yes. I've got my, so the people that are going to watch the review are going to see my Minnesota hockey, hockey puck bottle opener. Whoa. So uh, we're going to open it up. I'm going to see if I can get it in the in the microphone here. Hold Is on. it Minnesota Moose? Is that your hockey team? No, it, it just says Minnesota Hockey on there. Established 1966. So probably just like hey, that's our, when our first team was available. The Fighting Saints? So, the Fighting Saints. I like that. Powerful, powerful Minnesota hockey references. We're going to pour now. We are pouring now. People in the video can see yes. it. You know, they... Okay, so for the P, the flock listening. Yes, please describe it. They lied about the color. It's not that dark. Whoa. A Miller Lite's darker. Not a lot of head on that. Mm. For those that like head. Oh, I think we all do. And uh, all right, so here we go. Let's try it. Let's see if I can get the banana and the clove and the orange zest. Are you smelling? I am, <laughs> I am actually smelling yes. as you ask yes. if I'm smelling. Are you using your I hand to wa- waft the odors? Well, in chemistry class, you do remember, you do not directly smell. You use your powerful hands to uh, stimulate right. the air so it flows towards your nostrils. Waft, waft yes, it? Yes, waft it. Waft like an Egyptian. There is the orange. I can smell the orange. Citrus. I can smell the clove. There is banana in there. I can tell that. Wow. Yeah, and it actually tastes pretty good. This is, a, this is a winner in my book. I'm a little disappointed it's not as dark as they said it was going to be. You wanted the darkness. I did. I actually kind of did. All right. So describe it. I would say if you know what a a Coors Light tastes like, and then add like a little bit of a, I don't know, like a fruity, clovey flavor, I guess. It's actually pretty good. It tastes, it's, it's a little sweet, but not too sweet. And 
it said on the website here that there's a, there's a dry finish, which I'm not really getting. I've just taken like five sips already and I'm not getting that dry. Now, let me ask you, this is a high alcohol content. Are you tasting the alcohol? No, that's good. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not in there because by the time I get about halfway through, it will be kicking me in the ass. It's going to kick you in the ass. It reminds me of the, the WAPs I had back in the, the old days. You know what a WAP is? A Wapatui? Oh, yeah. You just throw a whole bunch of alcohol yes. in a cooler or something. Yes. Yeah. Throw some fruit in there. Fruit. Those are powerful because it creeps up on you. The powerful taste yeah. of alcohol is masked. Yeah, I can see that this this could creep up on you. Yes. So it's good though. I'll buy it again. I'm thinking the flavor of my Powerade might be Tahitian treat. I do enjoy that. <laughs> Tahitian treat. Just in purple color. So how many ounces is what is the bottle? Is it cool looking? Yeah, it is. It's got a uh it's a, a blue label. The the words golden monkey are surrounded by a purple I don't know, frame, I guess you could call it. And uh, there is some kind of Vishnu-looking monkey drawing in the middle. It's a monkey with four arms, but with an eyeball in its stomach. Wow, that's pretty cool. So it's an uh, Indian vibe? Maybe. I don't know if it's supposed to be, but yeah, I guess you could kind of say that. Are the Minnesota Vikings colors? No, it's definitely not deep purple and deep yellow or gold yellow. It's or like a lighter yellow, a lighter purple, excuse me. Okay. And give us the name again of that powerful drink. Sure. It's called Golden Monkey by Victory Brewery in Downington or Downingtown, Pennsylvania, however you want to pronounce it. Powerful. And uh, yeah, oh, we're giving uh, pint glasses. I remember that's our, this one is going to get a uh, four pint glasses. That's your rating. That's my rating. Four pint glass rating out of five. So it's called Brass Monkey, right? Uh, Golden Monkey. Mm, I'm just in a Beastie Boys mood. I'm sorry. All right. That's okay. Yeah, we're going to buy this again. And uh, that's your Amish B Machine, Amish Baby Machine, real-time beer review. Yes. Of a beer I've never tried. Wonderful. Thank you for enjoying that for the flock of Amish. Oh, anything for the flock. Now we did enjoy a couple of movies. Are you prepared? Are you are are you getting a little buzz off that? I'm not gonna lie, I am feeling a little bit of it. Good. Yes. Good. <laughs> These will be great movie reviews. They will. They'll be powerful. And I'm getting power off my Powerade. Purple Powerade. That's a lot of peas. A lot of don't pop your peas. No, I have a powerful pop filter. Some parts of the country they call it soda filter. The first movie we enjoyed was Extraction. Yes. Now lay it down for the kids. Tell us about the movie Extraction. All right. Extraction is a 2020 American action thriller movie directed by Sam Hargrave. This was his directing debut, and uh, it was written by Joe Russo and produced by Joe and Anthony Russo. People are saying, why do I know those those names? It's because the Russo brothers are famous for... A couple of the Captain America movies and both uh, Avengers Infinity Wars and Endgame. They've been in a, a couple of other movies and TV shows as well. But this movie uh, stars none other than Thor himself, uh, Chris Helmsworth. He plays Tyler Rake, who is a, uh, as they say here, a black market mercenary and former Australian Special Air Service Regiment soldier. And he is hired to 
pretty much kidnap back the son of a drug lord from India who gets kidnapped from a rival drug lord from Bangladesh. So he has to go in. His team is hired to go in and save this kid and bring him back to India. So he's actually just like taking him from one drug lord and bringing him back to another drug lord. You know, the happy-go-lucky story that everybody loves. What did you think? What are your thoughts on that movie, Extraction? I liked it. I I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I thought this, you know, it had the potential to be a train wreck, like a lot of action movies these days do, especially like ones that are made that go straight to Netflix, that Netflix is involved with. Sometimes they use too much CGI, and there is a couple of CGI explosions in this, but I like the action. The action was sweet. Uh, the stunts were awesome. The sound effects were great. Um, and it's just like a typical action movie. If you want to just disappear for a little while into a movie, this one is an hour and 57 minutes worth of disappearing into a movie. What did you think? Powerful over the top violence. Reminded yes. me of John Wick. Absolutely. Now, what are your thoughts? Do you get, I was a little hung up on things that should kill someone then they're not dead yet. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. So there, uh, the Sanju, the guy who's trying, who works for the kid's dad, he's kind of got a little bit of superpower in him, uh, in in the fact that no matter what happens, he just keeps coming back. <laughs> I I would have to say they're both kind of Terminators. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. There was. Uh, Chris Helmsworth did have some scenes where he's just like, oh, come on. But, you know, it's it's fun. It's it's a good movie. And like you said, there's a lot of, like, super violent scenes in here. So, um, but I like those that they're violent, but they're not gory. So it's not like you have to, like, turn away and be like, you know, I don't know if I can take any more of this. Yeah, almost cartoon. So, like, like I said, over the top. Reminded me a yeah. lot of Call of Duty. They were definitely influenced by Call of Duty watching this. Oh, yeah, yeah, I call it Call Definitely. of Duty Extraction. <laughs> you know, I saw that you, you called it that, and I thought, I wonder if Call of Duty had anything to do with this. I couldn't find anything that said that. So. <laughs> How do you think Chris Helmsworth did as the star of the movie? Uh, I think he did good. Um, I, I, I can't see why he can't play that character, and I think he did all right in it. Um, you know, his brother, Liam, who was in The Expendables, uh, that was a weird casting for his brother, I think, because his brother, I don't think, can play those parts. But Chris Helmsworth can get away with it. So I was fine with it. What did you think? Did you think he was all no, right in that, no, he, that it role? No, it was great. It worked out well. It, I'd like to see him in other movies. I think they could have had a little more sense of humor in there to break it up. It was very serious, yeah. And the one knock that I have on Chris Helmsworth that I was noticing yesterday uh, when I was watching it was he um mumbles a, a lot in in the scenes that are supposed to be like really serious and where he's supposed to be quiet or you know talk in a lower tone it was hard to understand him a couple of times but when he's like in the middle of an action scene and he's yelling or doing something with a lot of excitement then it's fine you, you can understand him just fine but he mumbles quite a bit and you don't think it worked out for that that role no, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but he kind of mumbled as Thor a couple of times in the Avengers movies as well. So I think that's maybe just a personality trait he has. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. But it worked for you, though. 
Yeah, I thought it was fine. I liked the movie. David Harbour is in it from uh, Stranger Things. Hopper. Yeah, how do you think he did in that? It's a uh, kind of a, a a different role for him, but I think that was it was a good casting because uh, he's he's getting pretty big right now too, and it kind of solidifies him as a you know his acting his action acting chops because he's doing doing a couple of those roles now. I mean, Hopper's starting to turn into a an action figure in Stranger Things. Hopper, get to the Hopper. You reminded me of a young John Goodman. I can see John Goodman doing that role. Yeah, right. I can. Yeah, I can see that too. They're kind of, kind of got the same mannerisms and body type. They do. Yeah, I definitely see him as a like a John Goodman type. Now, without giving away too much, what did you think of Tyler Rake's backstory? Chris Helmsworth's backstory. In in what sense? Well, and just in in why he is the way you know how you know the why he's just kind of reckless in his own personal life. And why he takes, why he's still a, a mercenary. Did that bother you or not? A little bit. It kind of, that, that part seemed a little cliche. Just be kind of nice to have a mercenary movie where the guy was just like, fuck it. I just like killing people. They usually want that for the, like the bad guy, but. So right. You, you wanted a little more anti-hero type. Kind of. Yeah. Cause he kind of, kind of played that role. I mean, his team was definitely playing that role. You know, did, there was a couple of times where he, you know, they're just like, you just got to get out of there. Leave the kid. The final scene. What were your thoughts on that? Interesting. I didn't know what to think of that final scene. I think it we could have done without the last two seconds. And I don't want to give it away. So, but you you know what I mean by by the last two I seconds. Do. Okay, yeah, we could have done without that. So we we could have just left it where it was before that. Another thing I didn't like is how it started towards the end in the beginning yeah i didn't like that either because then right away you're thinking oh is that it or how's that gonna change and how's he gonna get out of that right so that i mean i kind of like cold openings that's cool but and then they left that ending open you know to insert here whatever you want to happen right yeah yeah i was yeah the ending was I, i liked the movie the ending didn't ruin it um it just you know it is what it is, I guess, at this point. You know what it made me miss? It made me miss seeing movies in the movie theater. Because that would have been so cool in the movie theater. That would have been cool. Yeah. That would have been really like cool. Like I tweeted on Twitter, at Amish B Machine, make sure you follow us. I don't care how big your screen is, how epic your sound system is. Movies are meant to be seen in the movie theater. They're directed, they're filmed. Everything is meant for the big screen. So that movie, I would have loved to seen in the big screen. You know, all the, so- the 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 bullets, the bombs, all that stuff would have been so much better. Yeah, now before we had this virus explosion, um, didn't Netflix had a movie or two go to the movie theaters, didn't they? Or am I wrong on that? Well, I'm I'm trying to remember. I mean, I know the whole, they had the whole thing with the Irishman. Yeah, well, yeah, because I think they have to have they they because yeah, they did release that in a couple of theaters because they they had to be in the theaters to be. Or no seating at all. Am I wrong? Yes, correct. That's exactly why they did it. But there's that whole thing now, that Trolls 2 movie in Universal, Mm -hmm. where that went straight to home release, and they charged everyone 20 bucks instead of going in the movie theater. And it turns out they got huge numbers. And now AMC said they're not going to play Universal movies anymore. They said it's not an idle threat. They're actually, that's it. They're done. 
because they did that to movie theaters. Sure. And the weird thing is when they release a movie straight to home audiences, the people that make the movies get to keep about 80% of it. If they release in the movie theater, they're getting about half of that. Right. So they got to be thinking, yeah. So they got to be thinking, well, we don't need. It's, it'll be interesting to see how this changes everything because a lot some movies are going straight to on demand right now. Remember back in the day when it went to video, it took forever to get to video, and now yeah, now did. that window is just closing, and now Universal's thinking, well, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna make money, eighty percent of <laughs> <Right>. this. <laughs> why why do we even need to go to movie theaters? And then people are thinking, right. why do I have to expose myself to you know the coronavirus? Spend you know eighty dollars on a popcorn. When I can just watch it at home. I think uh, Netflix is getting, you know, I was worried with all these other streaming services popping up that Netflix, you know, they're losing a whole lot of content, but they're actually starting to make some of their own content. That's really good. So this is one of them. Now, were you a movie guy? Did you go out to the movie theater or did you wait, watch it at home? Well, I was at that stage with my kids where I, we were going back out to the movie theater more. So when you have kids when they're younger, it's harder to take them out. So you just kind of waited until things came out on video. You just went to the Blockbuster on Friday nights. And now that they're older, then we can go out and enjoy uh, more movies. Uh, just easier, you know. So when they're 16, <laughs> pretty much on self uh autopilot at this point i like i like the whole experience going to movies i like the movie on the opening night when the crowded theater the energy of it i like going out to eat afterwards talking about it but you know i don't know if things are going to change but there's definitely certain movies you want to see in the movie theater you know that that movie would have been awesome yeah this this movie would have been really good in the theater i I agree with that for sure. And I like the the no distractions. A lot of times when I'm at home, you start grabbing your phone or people are calling you or talking or there's glare on the screen. But when you're in the movie theater, you know, you're in the movie, you're immersed in it. You're in those cool seats. I I wait I would rather way rather have that than at home, but that I also it's also cool not having to pay, you know, eighty dollars for popcorn and driving all the way there. So I don't know. Right. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Although, you know, my brother, he stopped going to movie theaters that just had regular seats. He started going to the ones with the recliner. That's the only ones he'll go to now. So um, I have a feeling my brother for sure will be definitely going back to the movie theater. I only go to ones that have either futons or just to lay on the ground. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, the ones with no seats, those are the best. Yes. You just stick right to the ground. Awesome. Powerful. Yeah. Hey, side note, I'm halfway through this beer. I'm getting trashed. I was going to ask you, how is it? It's delicious. Is it? So right off the bat, you enjoyed it, and you're still enjoying it. Still enjoying it, yep. I think this is going to be because I only bought one because I did a make-your-own six-pack. And uh, I'm kind of sad I only bought one. Or how about a hammock? You just hang in a hammock. Oh, that would be sweet. Hammock, hammock movies. Yes. Hammock theaters or a banana hammock, awesome. whatever. <laughs> Powerful. So extraction <laughs> out of five buggy wheels. What are you giving it? 
you know, I think we should let you do that first because I always go first and then I always take what you would say. So why don't you go first and then I'll do mine. You know, solid movie, a little generic for me. A little too over the top on the violence. I would have liked it a little more realistic. The the stuff happening on the bridge, uh, mm-hmm. it didn't work for me. But I, there was a lot of cool fighting in there. I'm giving it 3.5 buggy wheels. Ooh. All right. Well, I agree. It's a good movie. It was a nice action movie. If you like the... I'm not going to say it's just like the action movies of the 80s, but as far as action goes, it's jam-packed, just like the old action movies of the 80s. And it pretty much doesn't stop all the way through. There's a couple of slow spots, but nothing uh, nothing that you can't get through. I'm going to give it four buggy wheels. Whoa. Yeah. I think the difference... From, I liked it. Good. You liked it. I think the difference mm-hmm. with the 80s movies is they had more sense of humor and they had the powerful lines the taglines correct so he especially those arnold movies yeah um, you know arnold had um what's your favorite arnold tagline uh in commando when he tells the dude to stick around when he shoves a knife through his chest that ends up in the post stick around (laughs) stick around that reminds me make sure you uh it's on twitter at amish b machine Instagram, TikTok. Make sure you see my powerful Arnold impersonation. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna love your it. creepy Arnold impersonation. Powerful <laughs> deep fake technology. Yeah. If people want to hop over to Mike Rez Radio on TikTok as well, I've got a couple that almost broke TikTok. Oh. Well, you know, not really, but people don't need to know that part. Let's get it all out there. Get your plugs in there. All right. Follow Mike Rez Radio all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And uh, you can find the Mike Rez Radio uh, t-shirt store at tpublic.com. Powerful. Now I'm going to need you kids to go to AmishBabyMachine.com. One-stop shop. You need to check out our merch. Powerful t-shirts, powerful mugs, hoodies, stickers. We have it all, AmishBabyMachine.com. Great way to help support this podcast is through your powerful purchases of our merch. Also, Patreon, link on AmishBabyMachine.com, Patreon.com. That way you can help us out. Make sure you follow us on all social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Wherever you go, we're going to be there. And wherever you listen to powerful podcasts, make sure you leave a review. Five-star review is the best. It will unlock the secrets to Mike Rez's hair. How is your hair doing? Uh, It's sad and pathetic. I went and tried to get uh, some clippers yesterday. Sold out. Sold out everywhere. Sold out online. Name a store. I tried it. Sold out. uh, My hair is getting long. It's getting annoying. Uh, I'm not a hippie yet, but give me two weeks. I will be at the hippie stage. How's your male pattern baldness? It's horrible. It's, it's actually not, that's actually why I wear a hat. People, people don't know that. Uh, and now the flock knows Powerful. I wear a hat because I'm going bald. Do you have a powerful skullet? 
<laughs> not yet. <laughs> I think I think we should we should do it. Um, is it you know make Hulk Hogan jealous? Was Hulk Hogan's skullet the most powerful skullet you've ever seen? It really was. Hulk Hogan is powerful. Thunder lips. I do enjoy uh, Hulk Hogan's skullet. <laughs> I forgot about thunder lips. Yes, powerful. <laughs> the thing is, when you wear a hat, though, you, you're kind of like doing the Ron Howard. I think everyone knows what's going on. <laughs> almost, almost doing the Ron Howard. You yeah. just got to embrace it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I do have to. It's not as bad as Ron. Ron Howard, I do. It, I, I'd say I'm. I've got three quarter hair. Well, his skull's all fucked up. The shape of his skull. So, some people have beautiful skulls. Right. I, for one, have a powerfully beautiful skull. And some people are Ron Howard. Yes. So. Opie Cunningham. Some people are Clint Howard. Oh, powerful. <laughs> now I want to get into the song of the day. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. I enjoyed that song. Powerful oh. '80s band. Powerful British electronic group. The song of the day is Underneath the Radar by Underworld. This powerful song was released in 1988 from the album Underneath the Radar. And the cool thing about it is why I picked it. It was featured prominently in the fifth season premiere of Miami Vice. They had powerful uh, aerial shots of Miami. They had a cool nightclub shootout scene. And they used that powerful song, Underneath the Radar. I got some powerful trivia too. They have this cool beeping Morse code in the beginning of the song. And what they're saying yeah. is, think global, act local. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Morse code is powerful. Anytime you hear that, it's just powerful. Yeah. Have you ever thought of doing an Amish B-Machine episode in Morse code? I have featured Morse code. Um, like, the entire show would be Morse code? Yeah. They hold the whole thing. Yes. Do it on a telegraph. Yeah. yeah you and the U.S. Navy would know powerful. what the heck was going on. Dot, 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 dash, 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 dot, dot, dot. <laughs> powerful. <laughs> So what are your thoughts on the powerful song Underneath the Radar? Well, it was the first time I heard it when you sent it to me, and I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Um, the beginning, there's the, the guitar in it, so it I like the, you know, it has that kind of like a bassy guitar sound. It's not bass guitar, but it's like that deeper guitar sound, that do 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 So that, that got my attention right away. I always say the song, a song has 10 seconds to get my attention, and uh, this song sure did. Powerful. So I uh, I liked it a lot. I, actually, I listened to it a couple of times after you sent it to me, you know, and it's got the, the synth pop sound to yes. it, so that, that makes me uh, makes me happy. Yes. So I didn't, like I said, I've never heard of them before, and uh, I see they've been around for a while. Yeah, from the early 80s. Yeah, they're still performing. Actually, I found a, the most recent photo I found of them was from, 2017 um but it sounds like they're still the the two main guys are still at it thank you for enjoying my pick absolutely Anytime you hear miami vice you hear synth can't go wrong right and i figure i wanted to pick a song that i you know is a little little deeper cut that most people haven't heard mm-hmm. so thank you for enjoying underneath the radar now, how's that beer going down uh too well actually it's almost gone. Well, here hold We're on we got to do a salute to the flock okay. of Amish, the friends, our family that listens to this powerful podcast, the most powerful podcast ever created. Everyone, hold up your glass. Mike Rez, hold up your powerful bottle. Salute. Whoa. There we go. I didn't even have to add yeah. that special effect. That was real. That was real. That was the powerful. bottle and the glass. Yeah. So we got about 
maybe two drinks left of this beer and then we're done with it. Are you going to bust open another one or just enjoy that one? No, we're going to just enjoy this one where I'm coming to you from. The flock will see it in the uh, in the video of the review. Uh, I'm coming from my uh, my art studio. We'll call it my art studio, which is really just the basement. Now we're talking about art studios. We're talking about podcast setups. Do you enjoy something that's really put together well? Everything matches. Everything's perfect. Or do you like more of a just rustic, real feel? What do you like? Do you like things that are too polished or so what I'm trying to say is a lot of times you see these podcast studios and these guys go out and they buy the best of the best and everything's lined up perfectly and they have everything they got the soundproofing on the wall. They got the the posters, everything is impeccable. They have their uh ubiquitous um shelving with all their little Funko Pop dolls and all that bullshit. Or do you like just kind of a messy joint? No, give me a messy joint. I mean, you've seen uh, and this is not an insult to Frogtown Radio, but you've seen the Frogtown Radio joint, and you know it's an old locker room where you and I recorded. So uh, I, I kind of like the the jumbled mess. It's more real, I think, and not not to say that people doing podcasts in a nice polished studio isn't good. It's just I like the aesthetic of what's around you and when what do you got, and you're making it work. That's what I like. So. And I feel I feel like? it's much easier too to have a shitty studio. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful. Not to put anything up. Yeah. Powerful. So let's get into the second movie. We enjoyed a second movie, Operation Odessa. Powerful documentary once again. Trapped in the eighties. Let's get into it, Mike Rez. Tell us about Operation Odessa. Well, you know, speaking of Miami Vice, that had some Miami Vice graphic feel to it Yes, uh, in this movie. And I, I have to admit, I, I read the description and I didn't read it enough to read the part where it said it was a documentary. I thought it was a feature, full-length feature movie. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a documentary of, um, I don't know what you call them. They're not really drug lords, but they do dabble in the world of drugs. Time lords. Time Lords, yeah. I mean, there's mobsters. There's a Russian mobster, the main guy, uh, Ludwig Feinberg, or as you get to know him as Tarzan. <laughs> in the eighty, in the eighties, the pictures of him, you know, he has fabulous hair. He really did. So, yeah. I mean, there was some definite, you know, uh, what was that? The hot oil treatment that was going on back in the eighties that was definitely happening in his hair. Five. VO5, yeah. Uh, and then you had Juan Alameda, who was another character in there. Um, and uh, the other main character, the third uh, main character, um, whose name I am not finding. Uh, what was it? Hector Yester? Yes, sir. Was his name, I believe? Yeah. So, and he was uh, a member of the Medellin drug cartel in Colombia. So. He had his hands and everything. And basically, yeah, the Cali cartel, uh, Pablo Escobar was one of his associates, or he was one of Pablo Escobar's associates, I should say, because Pablo Escobar was running shit down there in Colombia. So it's basically a story of how these three met. Uh, This Tarzan character was an old mobster from New York who moved to Miami. Uh, He was from Russia, so he had a lot of Russian ties. 
uh, as well as uh, what was he a uh, hitman for the Gambino crime family in New York. Uh, Juan Alameda was running, helping people run drugs with his marina business and selling speedboats and then finding a way to get helicopters from Moscow um, during the fall of the Soviet Union. Um, and it, it just kind of, I, I explained it to someone at work that if you like the Tiger King, you'll like this because you just can't believe people say this crap on camera you know it just it it'll surprise you and uh it was just it was it was a fun watch i had I had no idea what i was getting myself into but i enjoyed it yeah what did you well, think about yeah, it people like to talk about themselves especially mobsters yeah people like to talk about themselves <laughs> exactly mobsters so it's kind of cool there's a backstory of how the guy went about getting interviews from everyone that's something you should look into that's kind of cool Oh, I think I, I I saw some of that. Yeah, uh, Tiller Russell is the the filmmaker. Um, are you talking about when how the the Colombian drug guy got a hold of him? Yeah, the whole thing. It's it, it's just cool how he had to you know fly around and find these people and right. I liked how they they, uh, but they Tarzan and uh, Juan Alameda told him there's no way that Yester character was going to talk to him <laughs> in the next scene. He's sitting down with him. <laughs> yeah. He just, he just take advantage of people's egos, but, but right. it's cool. Like you see back in the day, you see strip clubs where, where they laundered the money. They had the Russian mob. They're buying mm-hmm. helicopters. And, and this was at the fall of the Soviet union where you could go over there and everything was so cheap. It's like a playground for, for criminals, basically. I think it's what yeah, happened. Anyone, I mean, went over there and you could just live like a king because all you need is uh, some cigarettes and some Levi jeans and you can have anything you want. And it's kind of cool how they get into how they how they wanted helicopters and then eventually a submarine. Right. <laughs> I they get the helicopter or, or the the first part when they bought the motorcycles. How they rented the helicopters. And they, the people that the, the military or whoever owned those helicopters, so it's going to be expensive. And it came back with five hundred dollars to rent a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> like, screw it, we're getting ten. <laughs> so, you know, and then you know the whole thing with the you know the cops and everything, and and they buy how many? I mean, was it two hundred dollars a motorcycle? So they bought hundreds of motorcycles from this factory that's making them and then yeah and then it just escalates it's kind of like well what else can we get and there was also a cool scene where they thought they were trapped and they had to get themselves out of it (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's the scene yeah people need to watch that scene because that one i was my palms got a little sweaty on that one even though i was watching them tell the story so you kind of know what how it turned out but it was still it was pretty funny how that how they got out of it no, it was cool, and it was cool. It's cool to see how, you know, like I say, the fall of the Soviet Union, how it was all going down back then in the 80s, and all the, you know, all the drug money. And how it was kind of cool how you see Colombia, the Russian mob, and then United States, kind of that triangle. And they're they're right. all trying to outsmart each other. And Yeah, who who had the smarter criminals? Or even like 
the smarter uh, law enforcement at the time. And then you, and then yeah, exactly. And then there's law enforcement too. And then you you find out what really happened to all the three guys, and you think after all of that, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so that part's Although, that part's cool too. Yeah. So what's what's not in the documentary that you can that I I found when you looked up or that I looked up the the uh, filmmaker Tiller Russell, um, how he found this Tarzan guy. Uh, so he was interviewing one of the DEA agents in the documentary and he was saying, Oh, you gotta, you know, you want to make a good movie or film. You should talk to this guy. It's got this and that. And he's telling the story of Tarzan and, uh, he finds Tarzan in a Panamanian prison and he goes to talk to him. So he has to bribe the, the guard to let him in. So the guard lets him in but tells them you have to run across that yard where all the prisoners are. And if you can get to the other side and they'll let you in the building, but you got to get to the other side on your own. So they let him in, he gets to the other side they, and he talks to him. And, and this Tarzan guy was like, had wanted nothing really to do with them. Kind of wasn't cooperating. And so he left thinking, I just, you know, wasted, you know, risking my life on this guy. And then they said, like, seven years later, this Tarzan guy calls him up and says, you want to make a movie? Let's make a movie. I just broke out of prison and I'm back in Moscow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how the, that's where and then that's where the movie picks up. So he was in a Panamanian prison. He escaped and somehow got back to Moscow. So <laughs> no, but that's that's why it's so cool, because it's it really happened that way. Right. Yeah. It's just it was nuts. Is there was there anything in particular that stuck out to you about? about this uh documentary other than the strip clubs the drugs there was no you know like in the tiger kings where they have this over the top kind of this one was played a little more straightforward right so it it looked like a documentary you would see on um you know anything the history channel right no it was enjoyable though yeah and it's only one 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 hour and 35 minute episode so you get it all right away so there's no extra episodes or seven episodes or 10 episodes you have to watch so it's and this was made in 2018 so um but yeah it it was a lot of fun the other thing is a lot of times when they film someone you you kind of figure out where they are you know Mm -hmm. that part sometimes it's like the old thing where they show a guy and they show him and then from the head and shoulders up and then they pan down and he's in a wheelchair and like oh that's what happened to him so right. in this one, when you were watching it from the from the background, did anything change, or did you say, "Oh, that that happened to him, or he's going to be fine, or he's not fine"? Or no, the only thing I think the only real thing, the only thing that changed is you know one time they're interviewing that with uh, Yester in a plane, and then once they're interviewing him in a in a plane hangar because uh, he's still on the run. I mean, like to this day, he's still. Um, running from the cartel and the feds here in the United States. So um, that was the only thing that changed. Everybody else was, you know, that one guy and, and Tarzan, they were in the same location, I believe, weren't they? We're not going to tell the yeah, fans. It, yeah, it, it it didn't give anything away, which was what was kind of cool about it. You kind of had to keep watching to find out what was next, what was going to happen next. All right, I'm going to give in my powerful score. 
I will say I'm going to stick with the theme 3.5. 3.5 buggy wheels. How about you? I am going to stick with the theme as well. I'm going with the four on this one. Although I did see Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 100%. Yeah, but there's not one critic review. I don't go by those. Those are all bullshit anyway. (laughs) How about IMBD? Where you can write your own review. That's a seven point eight out of ten. All right, but yeah, I give it. I, I'll give it a four. I liked it. I actually kind of like this one a, a little better than Extraction, but not enough to to bump it up to four and a half. I tried to pick a couple of movies that were a little, you know, different apart, not the same thing. So I we're gonna get a documentary, action film, and then the powerful song of the day ties in with the documentary. Yeah, I. I think I agree with all that. I mean, we get the the Miami Vice feel in the song. You got the Miami Vice feel in the documentary. Thank you. And then you got some kick-ass action in the other movie. Thank you. And I hope everyone enjoyed the powerful episode we put together. Yeah, and get get some Golden Monkey. Find it and drink it. You'll probably only need like two or three. Powerful. And check us out. Make sure Mm -hmm. you check out all the social medias, AmishBabyMachine.com. And I got a couple of shout outs for our friends on Twitter. Shout out to Jack at Gotta Talk Poker. Shout out to Dino at Huh Podcast. We'll say hi to Ryan, our friends at the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast, and at Here on Mars. Shout out to those guys. Thanks for supporting us on Twitter. Thank you, Mike Rez, for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And until next time, you've just enjoyed. The Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.